you want to be explicitly clear on your website banner as well as potentially in your ads when orders will orders placed by X date will be received by Christmas Eve or Christmas, whatever that date is, because that's going to be a hurting for really big refunds if you're not explicitly clear. Hey everybody, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the Amazon FBA and e-commerce podcast. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about what to consider uh, next after Black Friday for your Facebook ads. Um, our guest has been frequently called the destruction queen as she often brought into uh, she's often brought into evaluate existing assets and finds herself sometimes sledgehammering brutal honestly from 10 plus years in digital marketing. She is a wife, friend, sister, dog, mom, and Facebook ninja. She loves what she does and is lucky to be able to, Kels, I just noticed that um, you, you had put down Ucky, but lucky to be able to wake up and use her active brain to be creative, analytical, and make digital, digital magic happens. I know that for a fact. She's worked for some of the largest Fortune 500 brands out there, and I can't wait to talk to her. Uh, returning guest, Lauren Petrullo. So we don't have to have a sponsor. We just did the sponsorship. Let's bring on Lauren. Hi. Should I? Should you be on a timeout? Should I be on a timeout? Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Whew, you put me on a spot. I, I was in the fetal position for uh, the first two or three minutes and then, you know, just uh, talked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 can we blame daylight savings time and the hecticness of Black Friday? I, do it. Do it. You can blame anything you want. It's oh, really dark. <laughs> so how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. We had an awesome Black Friday. Yeah, Monday, which started off as a day, became a week, and is now a month. Yeah. So we're almost through the thick of it all, and then there's the next sales cycle. So woohoo! So tell me about that. Oh, you you represent and you work with tons of brands. On average, uh, how did the uh, brands do? Were, were they all up? Were they down? Or were they plateaued? Uh, everyone did better than they did last Black Friday, which is better than they did. Like we had six different brands that did more over the past week and a half than they've done in the entire previous 2021. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. It comes with a lot. <laughs> it was a it was a buildup of um of assets. I mean, for example, one of our clients, they did about $1.9 million in all of 2021, and we're hoping to close the entirety of November at $2 million. Um, so it wasn't just an overnight, we changed things. It's been a gradual buildup, taking the learnings from last Black Friday and amplifying them, setting everything up. Because there's obviously a lot of stuff for inventory orders. And then other clients, they went from, you know, one to two orders per day to four to 20 orders per day throughout the month of November. So it's been fun. <laughs> Very good. So this kind of leads me to my first question is, when does Black Friday or Cyber Monday end uh this year it ends december 1st december the 1st that's you're you're gonna see a drop off in sales after that 
Uh, yeah, so all of the promotions, nearly all of our clients' promotions end December 1st. There are some that do end at midnight Pacific time tonight, so 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But the bulk majority of our clients are running the same sale throughout November because they've been pushing the same percentage off or they've had different activations. So each week has a different new incentive. It depends. So our clients that have large SKU stores, so a lot of our clients have 50 plus SKUs, they have a different sale every week throughout November to push specific collections or specific uh, product bundles. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the sales end December 1st. Okay. Is in December, uh, are you doing anything to for, for December, January sales? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's not that we're going to see a taper off because it is still Q4 and there's lots of procrastinators and we have people that are going to do more gift buying. We've seen historically that our clients will buy for themselves and for their immediate family during Black Friday. And then they start to realize, oh, I should get this Christmas gift or this holiday gift for someone else. So there's going to be a continued fluctuation of sales until the last day they can get it in time for the holidays. So like usually December 15th, we see it taper down because if people are shipping via USPS, it's like December 15th or December 17th is when the hard cutoff is to guarantee by Christmas. But like, the biggest thing is if there was only someone that would deliver on Christmas Eve, that would be our biggest sale day ever because there are so many procrastinators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking, well, I won't say his name, Kelsey, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, January, the end of January is usually when I get my uh, Christmas gift, but. <laughs> there. I mean, there's a bunch of sales that happen in January because historically, like, retail stores got their returns in january people open up on christmas day and they're like oh this isn't what i wanted and they'd go to the stores and return in january uh so there's a whole new discount season that occurs after the december 15th can't get it in time for christmas so it's okay procrastinators get to win right yeah and amazon <clears throat> with their announcement i think they did it last year too but uh january 31st people can have no problems returning anything since October. Yeah. No, that's a that's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Just a little bit. So with these sales, um, how are you trapping that email, or are you trapping the email? Uh, so we'll do lead capture. So again, like the reason why Black Friday was so successful for so many of our clients is because we started planning Black Friday last year, immediately after Black Friday, and then really kickstarted our Black Friday campaigns in June or July. And in June and July, when it's the cheapest time to buy ads on Facebook, we were doing a lot of that lead generation, so email captures, so that we can let them know, hey, we know that you're in our ecosystem and maybe you need more time to know, like, and trust us so that we can hit you hard with the sales, give you a sense of urgency, and then not pay anywhere near as much in the ad auction during Q4, which is the most expensive time of the year. Can you kind of break it down? I, I know a lot of the listeners uh, may be new to Amazon or, or just have never captured an email address. Is there a very simple uh, way or a couple of action steps that they can take yeah. to start the process? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you're coming into the unofficial Q5. So there is time to still capture. Uh, you will have an increased auction pressure if you're doing Facebook ads, which is a lot of what we do. Um, until about December 15th, uh, then it gets cheaper and then it's dirt cheap between uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve and really picks up January when everyone does their New Year's resolutions. But there's definitely a chance that you could do it now. 
an easy win for email capture that I like to do. Whether you have, if you're using a Shopify store, like a Shogun app or in-house developers, is just to create a page where they can get their discount. And I would split test it against a lead gen ad. But if you don't have website landing page capabilities, you can still do a lead gen ad and capture people for less than two bucks in email. And what I have seen work really well for newer stores that don't have lead magnets or other sources to give away as value leads, uh, you can do a 15% or 10 to 15% discount. They see the ad in their Facebook, they autofill their information using their Instagram or Facebook info and emails, and then you send them an email with a 15% off to your store. So those are ways that you can really cost effectively get people into your email audience. And that's something that you can do. Again, you should anticipate, start and assume a $7 or less lead. But we have leads that are coming in at less than 50 cents for some of those discount offers. And it's the same as the like welcome pop-up that they have. So we'll, we'll test it to new audiences. Hey, are you interested in 15% off? leave your email. And then we have on the back end an email welcome series that excites them about the unique selling points for that brand or product. Oh, great. And what about <clears throat> consumers? Uh, are they expecting anything different when they're, uh, when they get their, they make a sale hmm. and you promote to them, are they expecting anything uh, from that promotion other than knowing it's a promotion uh, when are they jumping? Is it just at that 10% or do they have to be at a specific discount? Uh, what will bring their attention to, ah, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to buy another product. I will say for the initial, for new customers, we've seen 15% work way better because we'll double end it. We'll say you can get 10% for your email and 15% if you add your SMS as well. And we see about a 50% conversion rate on SMS. We use Klaviyo for most of our email marketing and then Attentive or Klaviyo for SMS, depending. Um, but we have found 15% to be a larger conversion rate because consumers are used to 10% and don't feel that lucky or special. And that's typically what they'll see with abandoned carts, welcome back, all sorts of series. So 15% is enough to be like, oh, this is an actual discount I'm in. One of the uh, things I see when I, uh, when I get to a, a website I used to see a lot of it and then it just got boring. Uh, it's kind of like the wheel of Kelsey, you mm -hmm. know, where it pops up, they drive you over to the website and then they say, uh, get anywhere from 10% to a hundred percent off. Yeah. Are, are those working or are people oh. just kind of avoiding them now? I'm so glad you brought that up. So we have, I'm always meeting with five teams, right? So we have a PPC team, but we also have a marketing automation team. And we have found that those spin to wins, are converting 20% of lead captures compared to the four to 7% of just the welcome pop-up. Are you kidding? I, I, I thought you were going to say the exact opposite. No. The only, so Klaviyo doesn't have that integration naturally. Right. You have to use a tool like Privy as an add-on for that pop-up. Or if you're using Attentive as an SMS solution, you can have in that pop-up. The only, there's pros and cons depending on which service provider you're using. Again, I can speak to Shopify all day long. Yeah. I'm using WooCommerce, BigCommerce, Magento. I, I'm sure they have similar solutions. I can specifically speak to Shopify ones. But yeah, the spin to win is just, it's gamifying the experience. And you set in a lock rule. So if you're using Attentive, you only have one. Everyone wins the same one. And it's always the best solution. Uh, but people are more engaged. They're like, oh, 
I have a chance of getting something even better because you can throw on there like we'll have five, 10% and 15% off. And then someone's like, oh my God, I got 15%. I feel so lucky. What a participation trophy I just got. Excuse me. Sorry for coughing in your ear. I couldn't hit that mute button. But uh, uh, so I, I think this was in the Mexico trip last year. Uh, I was talking or Sean Hart was talking on stage and he says, you know, uh, some of the things that people don't do is one step, do one step different than everybody else. Mm. And he says there's two ways of achieving this that he does is either um, using a video just to say, hey, so-and-so, thanks a lot for your order, which if you've got 10,000 orders, that'll be a little bit of a traffic jam, Uh, or uh, reaching out by phone call. Mm. Are you good with any of those? Uh, We have some clients that will do a phone call follow-up, but only on higher ticket options because the bulk of our e-commerce clients do have large SKU inventories. So no orders are the same. We have like 40 different avatars because they're shopping during different collections. But we we have seen clients and then other people whose accounts we audit where they are adding in that phone call. I think having one step that's unique is a really great suggestion, depending on ad budgets. Uh, when clients are at the place where they're spending over $200 a day on Facebook ads, there is a healthy budget to have a what we call a customer service capture campaign. So you can go after anyone who's been a customer and they bought two weeks ago and you send them a video on a Facebook ad. It's like, hey, it's Lauren. I'm the owner of uh, the Lunch with Norm uh, podcast swag store. You most recently purchased an order. I just want to double check. Let us know if you got it, if you love it, if there's anything wrong to do a mitigation of returns and refunds, as well as capture any customer service. I didn't get it. Aha moment. So we've done that and seen those be hyper engaging because the comments that people will say like, oh my gosh, I got this a week ago. I'm obsessed. I need to buy three more. Those have worked really well, but that's just only what I personally had experience working on. I think the phone calls are great if you have high ticket options. Right. Okay. And I just want to circle back uh, just to the Black Friday, right. the the December sales, uh, or sorry, December the first sort of cutoffs. Now, are we able to see sales in December still surge after Black Friday? Yes, definitely, because people are going to be buying for others. So what we're focusing on December is we're still offering discounts and sales, but it's all around bundles and it's specifically around gifting so that people will spend on others. And they'll be like, oh, you just spent a lot on yourself. And here's what you can get for others to share, especially to our existing customers. We'll see an increase of new purchases so that they handle all of their holiday shopping for others and their larger order values, depending on what the offer was at Black Friday. But yeah, we do see a surge in sales in December up till whenever the brand says that they can get it to the customer before Christmas. Okay. So if you have any questions uh, about your Facebook ads and were they successful, were they not? But if you have any questions for Lauren, just throw them over into the comment section. Now, we do have a great giveaway today. And uh, Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, The giveaway, we can. uh, So if you win the giveaway, we will do a full audit of your Facebook ads account. Um, We charge $1,500 for that single audit, but we do a full audit where we do um, what current exists and what's an optimization. And then we build out. Uh, the five campaigns, we do five levels in our regular 
onboarding process so we can build those out in your ad account. So even if you haven't done the ads and you don't have an ad account yet, uh, we can build out those funnels and campaigns. And it takes about two to three weeks to do, but we have five different uh, levels. Level one is cold, level two is warm, level three is offer, four is cart, five are those audience existing customers. Uh, so we can uh, we'll do the full audit of your existing account and build out the standard startup campaign that we do with all of our Mongoose Media clients. Wow. So a $1,500 value today with the, uh, with the giveaway from Lauren. Kelsey, get us in there. Add us uh, with ha uh, hashtag uh, Wheel of Kelsey and tag two people. So I'm telling Kelsey to do it. So you too, <laughs> if you're listening, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people and you get a second entry. So let's get to a, uh, a sponsor and then we'll be right back. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors that help us produce this podcast for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lunch with Norm would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Goldstein Law, Hona Worldwide, Extreme Power, Jeff Schick Law, Netfluence, Startup Club, and Dragonfish Brand Management. Thank you, and you're awesome. Now back to the show. Kelsey, you owe one of our sponsors an additional spot. <laughs> Lauren, you weren't on, but that was our sponsor read at the beginning of the, yeah. of the episode. So, all right. Okay. Very good. So once again, if you are interested in this really great giveaway, $1,500 value, hashtag wheel of Kelsey, tag two people and you will be entered. Okay. So let's go back so far. You're just dropping so much information. It's fantastic. Uh, one thing that Kelsey touched on before you came on was he was saying that you should put in somewhere that your product will be shipped or will be received before Christmas. Mm. Can you kind of go through that? Do you do yeah. that? Yeah. So um, when you have campaigns, especially that you're launching in December, and if you are giving a, again, it focus it on the bundles and the higher ticket options, because people will also buy bundles if it's like five or six things and then make those as five or six different gifts. Uh, you want to be explicitly clear on your website banner, as well as potentially in your ads, when orders will orders placed by X date will be received by Christmas Eve or Christmas, whatever that date is, because that's going to be a hurting for really big refunds if you're not explicitly clear. And it's going right. to hurt you more if you don't say it out because people won't buy without that assurance. So we've seen people walk away in carts from abandoned cart surveys because they didn't trust that they would get it in time. There's a lot of drop shipping and um, consumers understand that there's going to be a length of extra time added to orders because of how busy shipping tends to be. Uh, but you want to call it out on your website. It could make sense in your ad if you're doing a guarantee kind of item. Um, but conversely, what we've seen be really fun in terms of engagement, because there's a few things that make your Facebook ads cheaper for you in terms of cost per acquisition, as well as cheaper bidding strategies, is if you acknowledge it will not come in time for Christmas or it will not come in time for the holidays, but you can still get your holiday shopping in at this discount. So if you call it out, people will be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to see my friends till New Year's Eve anyways. I'm no. getting it. So it's a fun way to engage with your brand if you're doing it uh, with the guarantee that it, you're telling them it won't be in time. Like, look, Santa procrastinated too. 
be sleeping in on the holiday. If you can play with that in a fun way with your brand, you'll see engagement on the ads and engagements are like social proof. I don't know if I've ever told you this like unofficial formula for how your ads get more impressions, but uh, Facebook and Meta, their social media platforms, they want you to have social conversations on your ads and be a place for community engagement. So if someone likes your ad, you get like this unofficial one point. If they take an extended like, like a heart, a laugh, or any other excited emotion, you'll get two points. If they make a comment, you'll get unofficial five points. And then that compounds for each one. So if anyone's listening and you are someone, and we see this all the time, uh, where they don't use the comments as sales engines and they just see it as customer service and like terminal conversations, you're missing out on cheaper ads and bigger sales uh, because a comment is like worth five, but say a comment is, hey, will this work for my XYZ skin? Does, is this compatible with XYZ camera? Those kind of questions, if you respond with just a yes versus yes, it works really well with this camera and this is the recommended lights that we sell most often together, you're missing out on that continued conversation because the first comment is five, but the next one is another five. So it becomes 10 for that one user and your ad gets a higher engagement rating. But of course, the biggest and what we see is unicorn ads are shares because shares are worth 50 on wow. 50 points. So you want to have stuff that's so inspiring to start a conversation that someone is doing a virtual word of mouth being like, hey, Norm, oh my gosh, check this out. This is so cool. Now, does that also work for just a post, not an ad? Yeah, yeah, it works whether it's organic or paid. That's just the unofficial uh, measurement for how you can rig the system to have engagement bait in your favor. Native ads will always win because people have ad blurry or ad um, blindness kind of thing. They know it's an ad, so they'll swipe right. Like, especially when you're in highlights or reels or stories and you're like, oh, this isn't formatted for this placement. I know this is an ad and you pass right by it. So when you have something that's native and when you see something that has comments, think of it for Amazon. How many people go to the reviews to make their purchase decisions? Well, there's the same effect happening on whether they're going to engage with your content or not. And they'll look at the comments. Headlines is the first thing a user will look at. Then it's the image. Then it's the comments. Very good. You talked very briefly about Q5. Mm. What is Q5? Q5 is between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. It's there's a supply and demand and it's an unofficial meta holiday. It's a supply and demand issue. Most marketers are asleep or with their families and not putting in specific dedicated campaigns for that time. But there's the so there's a lack of inventory, but there's the highest demand of users because you have a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm sick of my family on the holidays already. And they're on social media more than most times of the year. So you'll see costs be a third of what they can be at other times of the year. So it's a really, really good time to put a dedicated budget in campaigns, especially for brand awareness, for lead generation, and for anything that you're testing because it's such a lack of inventory for ads. All right, super. Now, what about New Year's Eve? So you're you're talking oh about, goodness. yeah, you're, you're talking about Q, uh, Q5. Mm -hmm. Now let's go into New Year's Eve. What can you do there? So, okay, just a heads up. People want to buy um, up until Christmas because they have procrastinators. So if you can get it to them before Christmas or as much, you're going to continue to see a surge of sales. After Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's Eve, people are in this mode of like FOMO and they're getting jealous of what they've seen other people get. 
and they're like, oh, shoot, I want this too. So you're going to have a huge amount of people on social media checking and seeing what others have bought or consumed. And then on New Year's Eve, uh, lots of people are going to say, all right, you know what? 2023 is going to be the year about me. They start making those New Year resolution plans. And that's when um, at midnight, all of the gyms, all of the weight loss, all of the supplements come in hard, like as if it's their Black Friday because it's a new year, new you. I will state one thing though is on New Year's Eve, people are focused on like getting ready, enjoying the time out, and then uh, and making their New Year's resolutions. There will be this small dip until January 3rd because people are uh, recovering from their intended resolutions and New Year's Eve celebrations. And then January 3rd, it's like, okay, I'm ready to take my New Year's resolutions seriously. That's interesting. And like kind of on that or going back to Black Friday, we're were there any strategies that you saw that were different this year than from last year? The biggest for me being that uh, the time period of the sale was just, it's a full month. So mm. again, having a unique sale each week, last year we had clients that did two weeks or three week long Black Friday, same sale. It kind of became um, obnoxious of a repetitive message, almost like political ads kind of thing where it's just like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, but what we've seen this year is a different, unique sale each week where the user never feels like, oh, I shouldn't have bought early. You're punishing me for not being a procrastinator. So if you have a large SKU, having something that focuses on a different product collection, something that's a free gift with purchase, maybe it's free shipping. People can keep coming back and buying because there's still a new sense of urgency. And that's where we've seen our sales diverge so much from last year. So if you had a crystal ball looking forward, uh, what would you tell our listeners to look out for uh, good, bad, ugly for this year? Oh, um, look, I'm going to say for January, 2023, this is my crystal ball. And like, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have very good relationships with the folks at Meta. I've been able to go to DC, Austin, and most recently the mothership in Menlo park to work with the different teams at Meta. Um, and so my crystal ball with a big Zuckerberg on it, is that like reels. We tell all of our clients in January, 50% of all media that we are going to do, whether it's organic or paid, has to be reels. Again, we talk about supply inventory. Um, there's so much consumption around these three to six second uh, videos that it has to be a part of your organic and your paid ad strategy. And when we talk about supply and demand, a year ago, people were afraid of doing videos. Now for the last year, brands are comfortable doing, you know, phone to camera videos. Oh, hey guys, we've got the sale going on, blah, 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 blah. But now brands have to not just do phone to camera, they have to tell a story and edit it in a way that's as native looking as a TikTok or a reel. So my crystal ball is if you can jump in on the reels trend, and you can have 50% of your creative focused on that. And if you use it in the ads, you're going to be paying. We've seen a 13th the cost of that ad placement just because, again, supply and demand. Brands can do static images all day. Videos are getting more comfortable with. With remote working, everyone's working from home. Recording while Zoom is easy. Making a reel is hard. But if you make a reel and you do the placement on reels, those that aren't doing it as a native approach and just using a static or a regular video are going to be paying more. So that would be my one crystal ball of like go hard on reels mm. and, and commit to that. The second crystal ball would be um, 
really going after your Facebook shop and Instagram shop. So everyone knows that you can tag your product, but if you optimize those shops, our clients got over a quarter million dollars worth of free ad money from Meta to test how shop campaigns are doing, where Meta is, in my opinion, trying to compete with Amazon and allow consumers to one click and buy directly in app. So you can see the app and you're like, oh, I love those shoes. And you Ariana Grande, right? You're like, I see it. I want it. I click and I buy it. And then you can continue scrolling. You never have to go to the website. You don't have to go to a bad Shopify page. It's not optimized. You don't have to uh, get off of Instagram and be distracted from looking at all of these cute New Year's Eve outfits. Uh, they are putting so much emphasis on Facebook shop and Instagram shops because in the post iOS system where everyone's ads are like really hard to track and Google's coming out with their own component. Uh, Meta's like, well, if we keep everything in house, like Amazon does, we can open up retargeting to add to wish list. I can give the brand or uh, company all the information and it's not gated the way Amazon is because Facebook isn't giving you any information that the store your shop is connected to doesn't. They don't tell you who is on the wish list. You can just target their Facebook IDs. But when they become a customer, that's when Shopify or your store platform is saying, hey, this is a customer. And all that data is shared seamlessly back to Meta for you to optimize your paid ad strategy. Interesting. Very Sorry, well, good. Well, I apologize. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Okay. I think uh, we could go into some of our uh, listener questions. Again, just before uh, we get into that, uh, if you uh, want to get involved with the Wheel of Kelsey today. We've got a great giveaway. It's a $1,500 value from Lauren, and she's going to go in and audit your store. So uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you'll be entered. All right, Kels, let's get into some questions. Okay. All right. Let's get into these questions. Um, from Claudia, uh, what advice do you have for someone just starting out with Facebook ads? Uh, do you have any tips or tricks specifically for new Facebook ad accounts? Thank oh, you. Good question, Claudia. I will tell you it's whether you're new or, or seasoned again, so much like maybe like three out of every four accounts that we audit don't have their pixel set up correctly. Mm. Um, the biggest thing is, and this is accounts that are spending $80,000 a day. What? We've seen this on. It's it's it hurts it hurts my soul. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that whatever data you're giving the Meta platform is true data. It's going to assume everything that you send it is true. So give it everything to be true. And um, it's beyond just like making sure your pixel is set up. You need to know on your store if there's an email capture that needs to be signaled as an additional trigger to Meta, if there's a checkout page or add to cart or initiate checkout, all of the standard e-commerce events need to come in. We have clients for this past year with Black Friday planning in June and July, we made lead magnets like roadmaps to different podcasts or um, you know, like webtoons or different assets that we can give to the user that signal they're in our target market. Our avatar is like, oh yes, you're speaking my language. I love this. Um, making sure that the thank you and lead capture is sent back to Meta. You need to do custom coding onto your websites. It's like an extra line that tells which of the standard events Meta has is happening. So it's like, don't run a dollar on your ad account until you know for sure that your Meta tracking for your Meta Pixel are in place. Because we've seen so much money wasted where they're sending traffic to a website 
and all signals are equal except for the purchase. So Meta's like, okay, cool. Everyone's the same except for those that make the purchase, but that's not true. If you have a wish list app, everyone that adds a part or adds a product to their life, they are treated with a higher sense of authority than someone who just went, saw a blog and left. So it's like, first and foremost, don't spend a dollar until you know that your meta ads pixel is set up correctly. And that does require a developer. Okay, very good. Next question. Okay, uh, from Rad, what do you think and have suggestions on Facebook Reels more sales? Okay, I think we touched on this a little bit. Um, is there anything say, else? Yeah, the one thing I'd say is for Reels, assume you want to design always for second zero, which means you need to have the hook at the very beginning because someone is going to give you less than a second to evaluate if they're going to play the, and consume what you've created. So you need to have your hook in the beginning and then you need to have delivered value to some capacity by second three to six. So your hook usually takes zero to three seconds and then you deliver a quick win of value by second three or six and that becomes a formula. So hook, deliver value, then you can start talking about what you're pitching. Uh, so to follow up on like this reels mm -hmm. kind of trend that's happening, um, I have a question that I, I've mm -hmm. been curious about. Um, with these companies, uh, like the e-commerce brands, yeah. what are they doing to get that content creator. Um, a lot of people I know on Reels, like they have like these content creators that will talk about um, the product as their ads. Um, are people hiring a, one specific content creator for them mm -hmm. to do a bunch of Reels for these ads? Or are they, do they try and find multiple people um, sure. to hire? I can tell like, you what, what we're doing. I go far on the multiple just because sometimes people suck. They don't send in their videos on time or they don't follow directions. And to have more than two or three people that you can rely on to send you information is great. But also the diversity allows us to make decisions by the data because we'll have men, women, and different like body types and sizes create content. And when they have their own passion and flair to it, we can think one will do well, but then the one that we thought was terrible is the one that pops up. So I personally like having a diversity of people that create it. Um, TikTok has a creator marketplace. Instagram has a beta with their creator marketplace. So you can order and request individuals to create that content. It's just where I see people mess up all the time, whether it's one or multiple creators, is either they don't have a quality editor or they're pitching too early. So there's no hook, no immediate delivery of value that gives someone a reason to listen. Like you have to earn their time consumption. You do That's that for, do you do that for organic content too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have specifically for organic content um, on our time, we have five different creators, four Spanish speakers, one an English speaker, where all they do is create short form content. And then we write scripts specifically for that short form content. And then depending on like, we have one client where uh, we're white labeled. So what we do is we'll write the scripts and then we'll do like a quick call for like 20 minutes with the ambassador or the influencer that's going to be making the content so that they have flexibility but it'll just be like phase one phase two phase three phase four and these are the elements we want you to include and then um, of course what is the call to action always have a call to action at the end of your consumption it's best if you can have them consuming on the platform they're at because they meta doesn't want you to leave their platforms nor do any other devices, which is why, again, Facebook shop, Instagram shops, if they can buy and still stay on, 
is even better. Um, but always have some sort of call to action uh, where they can further engage with you or what you're selling because you don't want to make content just to exist. Right. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, all right, next question is from Howard. Um, are there ways to use your Shopify customer reviews in Instagram and Facebook? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so there are certain apps that already have this open API. Um, Okendo, Yapo um, are two of the leading ones. Stamp.io is coming. I personally use judge.me. It's the cheapest one of all the ones we evaluate. We recommend it always. There's no affiliate link. It's $15 a month, but they don't have the integration Howard that you're asking for where the reviews in Instagram or Facebook are automatically pushed to your Facebook shop. The other apps do. So there's five total apps that have it or have promised to deliver by end of year that native integration so that your Facebook shop will show reviews. Another fun thing is like on your Facebook shop or Instagram shop, you can make them look the same or make them look different depending on how much time and data you have available. Like if you have a customer on Facebook that's different than your Instagram customer, design the shops differently, but always have parity with your website, like sales and discounts. Uh, but um, you can have on the product reviews and also questions. So if you have a team or if you have friends and you're in the you know community, uh, especially if you're in their uh, North Patreon, just connect with others and then, <clears throat> I am not saying this, but I'm not not saying this. <laughs> have your friends ask questions on the products because those questions will live on the PDP, the practice display page inside Meta. To me, it's treat your Meta shops, your Facebook and your Instagram shop the way you would an Amazon store. You have mm -hmm. your questions and you know your consumers are looking at those questions before they decide whether they're going to buy your Amazon product or not. That same behavior is happening even more so on Facebook and Instagram, which is a place of discovery. Amazon is inbound. So you people know what they're looking for. Instagram and Facebook is discovery and interruption. So someone's like, oh, that's so cool. I wonder if my dog can wear that same leash. He's a he's a Pomsky, let me check. And then you can see maybe someone asked that question before or you can ask it and then connect directly with the brand. All right, great. I answered five questions in one, Howard. There we go. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, and our last question from Claudia. Uh, you mentioned the 15% discount before, uh, but does the 15% discount work for any platform like Amazon to get their emails and SMS, or does it only work for platforms like Shopify? I can't speak for the Amazon side, but if you are using um, a platform like your Meta Shop, because that's a separate platform, it uses the same inventory um, as your Shopify or WooCommerce store. But uh, when you have it on those platforms, it's just Amazon because they gate so much information. I can't speak to them. But when you have uh, places where they're not like Amazon, it works really, really well. I would envision if you're using a product insert, you'd have to have already captured that person as a customer. So it's harder to go in advance. Okay. I think that's it. Is that right, Kels? Yep. We're all set for questions. All right. So... Like Kelsey just posted, this is our last call for the giveaway. If you'd like to enter to try to see if you could get the um, the uh, Facebook audit, and it's a $1,500 value, hashtag Willa Kelsey, tag two people, you get a second entry. And before we get to that, uh, let's go to our last uh, shout out. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? 
how does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, it's time. It's time. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Here we go. Um, enjoy, everyone. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for entering today's Wheel of Kelsey. I'm going to go shuffle up these names. And here we go. So if you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, uh, so we can match you up. And it looks like Luke ah, is our perfect. big winner. So congratulations, Luke. Again, that's k at lunchwithnorm.com. And uh, we'll connect you with Lauren. So thanks so much for entering, everyone. We do this every podcast. And uh, yeah, make sure you come back Wednesday. So, Lauren, how do people get a hold of you or your company? Um, my company is mongoosemedia.us. Um, so you can connect with us there online or connect with me. LinkedIn or Instagram will probably be the place I'm uh, most active on. <laughs> Lauren E. Petrullo. Someone, some monkey doctor in Arizona took Lauren Petrullo. So I have to add my E middle name. A monkey doctor. Oh my gosh, I know. I've been competing with her for so long, but I still won't <laughs> so I won where it mattered. Oh, okay. Very good. All right. So, um, Lauren, if you could just stick around uh, for a second after yes. we go uh, when we end the podcast. So, I hope everybody loved the podcast today. Lauren was awesome. Uh, yeah, if you have any comments uh, or questions, just throw them into the Facebook group. Lunch with the lunch with the lunch.